Hey everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church. And what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. Good morning again. My name is Gene. I'm part of the team here at Restore. My name is Brenda. And she's part of the team here at Restore. It's awesome to have uh, her up here with me. This is week three of this series called Some Assembly Required. And it's week three. And so now I can say it's awesome to have her up here with me because uh, we're almost done. No, I'm just kidding. The truth is, if you were here, all right, there's context for that comment. You're right, there it's, is. I'm not offended. We were, you know, even last night, it was like uh, we've had a very busy week, mm-hmm. and um, it was the sort of thing where I was out of town part of the week, and we had this, this message for this morning. We had it created, and yet it's one of those things where um, it got right down to the last minute, and we're still looking at this and going, is this really what we want to say? Is this what God wants to say this morning to us and to you? Because you know what? It's first of all, it's always said to us. Right. It's always said to us whenever we preach, whenever we talk. It is, uh, it's such a privilege to be up here talking to you, and yet sometimes I wish we could just be down there uh, looking, uh, you know, at the scriptures together with you. But we have this thing we do on Sunday mornings, which is some of us stand up here and some of us talk and uh, some of us receive. And um, I just want you to know that we receive from you just as you may receive from us this morning. And together we're receiving from Jesus. We're receiving this word from what we believe is the heart of God. So this is uh, week three. And uh, last week we said uh, it's not about getting, it's about becoming. It's not just about what can I get from this relationship, but what, how can I become all that God has called me to be for you in this relationship and uh, for the world in, at large? How, how are we bringing ourselves into the world? And we asked the question, are you the person that the person you're looking for is looking for? Are you the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. All right, we talked about lists and how we can make lists for others, but do we have that list for ourselves as Mm -hmm. well? We also talked about the fact that it's not falling in love, it's choosing love. We talked about chemistry versus choosing and how, you know, chemistry is more this thing of like, do I really like you? Where the choice to love is is simply that, it's a choice. Uh, We also talked about it's not hiding, it is healing or it, it should be these things, right? Love yourself. We talked about loving ourselves and loving ourselves enough to take care of the baggage, to take care of the things that we tend to just drag along with ourselves. Uh, we talked about the ways that we may have learned to survive may not be the ways that we want to continue to live. Uh, we talked about healing and, and shifting. And so this brings us to the third and final week of the series and uh, we have creatively called it Between the Sheets. And uh, so buckle up. Um, we're going to talk about sex this morning. We're going to talk about one man and one woman in a marriage relationship. <clears throat> and and uh, Steve has popcorn if anybody <laughs> wants to join him in that. I don't know if he's nervous or if he's trying to make me nervous. I'm not sure what's happening. But um, 
Um, Unreal. I know, right. Um, what just Literally what? has popcorn in the front row. <laughs> I thought it was just like a comment. Well, I didn't know it was for real. Yeah, okay. it's, it's for real. You could know that about Steve. Uh, one thing we want to say from the start is that you are, if you are currently in a sexual relationship and you're not married, we are not standing up here in judgment of you. But we would like and we would hope that you can engage this time with ears to hear what we believe is God's best for you. And I'll just add that as well. <clears throat> if you're married and not having sex, this is for you too. Like that is, we want you to hear what we believe to be God's best when it comes to sex. And we've been very diligent about crafting this message so that it is not like, you, you know, sometimes we get uncomfortable with these topics Hence and they're the not popcorn. always easy to talk about. And so we've crafted it in a way that we, we believe it is applicable to everyone from middle schoolers all the way up through adulthood. And uh, we want it to be the sort of thing that is, um, that is helpful. Hopefully it's a little humorous. And um, we can poke fun at each other a little bit as we go along because sometimes humor is exactly what we need when we talk about tough subjects. So what are we wondering about this morning? What are the questions that we have? Some of us might be sitting here saying we did the right thing and we got married, so it's just all going to work out, right? It's all just going to work out. It's going to be peaches and cream, right? Sex will be great, right? Right? Yeah. The truth is that being married has many, many surprises. Marriage holds many surprises. It can be the best thing ever. But in order for it to be the best thing ever, it takes a lot of diligence. It takes a lot of hard work. And it takes a lot of attention. And sex within the, 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 marriage, um, the, the, the marriage relationship is no exception. Right. But what if our sex drives are not aligned? What if... Uh, that's, such a, that's such a common experience. Right. Mismatched sex drives. Yeah. Right. We see it all the time when we work with couples. Mm -hmm. It is not uncommon at all. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, what happens when there's like a, an illness or some kind of a physical limitation? And here's, here's one a lot of you can relate to. We just had a baby. Will I ever have sex again? Will I ever want to. What about like, when am I going to feel normal again? Be able to go out. Um, this too shall or pass. Or sleep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. No more sleep, but it'll, it'll pass, right? Uh, trust us on this one. But in the meantime, how do we stay out of divorce court? I think you should keep having sex, have it often and with enthusiasm. I think personally that it fixes everything. It in his mind, it does. It does. It is his solution for any trouble or any situation I ever find myself in. Well, Come on, guys. You like, know what will fix that. You know what will fix that. Okay, right, right, right. Um, but in all seriousness, when you choose to love, when, when you bring your best self to the marriage, when you're healed or, or healing or in the process of healing, this thing that we've been talking about, when we've done the work of becoming instead of being focused on getting, when we've chosen to love with that unconditional love, when we have chosen to heal or, and to not hide, sex is, in that situation, sex is way more than just a physical act. 
it is, it is the icing on the proverbial cake or the cherry on top or whatever you say. That was bad. Amen. That was bad. No, that was bad. Go on quickly. So from the book of Ephesians, let's just read some scripture, okay? Yes, From the Jesus, book come. of Ephesians, chapter 4. So Paul writes a lot about sex, and he, ta he talks a lot about, well, you know, we're going to get into uh, the book of Corinthians a little bit. Those Corinthians, like, you think this is a show now? Like, this, they were crazy. And so when they wrote a letter saying, hey, Paul, what do we do about this? We're thinking that perhaps we need to change some behaviors. He's like, no kidding. Like, you really do need to. Ironically, when I look around at our world today, I'm thinking Corinthians. I'm thinking like, we are crazy. Like, we are right back and we haven't learned much, apparently. And so when he writes to the church in Ephesus, Paul does, he, um, he's talking to them about, hey, don't be immature children of God anymore. Like, you grow up. You need to be growing up. You need to be, like, off of milk and onto good food. Like, be, be who God's called you to be. And he says, with the Lord's authority, starting in verse 17, he says, with the Lord's authority, I say this. So I'm not, it's not on the screen. I just really want you to hear this. So listen up. Listen, lean in. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. So don't live any longer like the world around you. They're confused. They're hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, here's the word for us. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. As your pastor, I have to say to you, that we do not believe this scripture. Many of us do not believe this scripture because we do just the opposite. We say we are one thing, but we behave quite another way. It doesn't have to be just about sex. It can be how we think. It can be how we connect with other people, how we relate to other people but it is extremely detrimental to our health, physical, spiritual health for us to not follow these principles if we are saying we follow the way of Jesus, especially when it comes to our sexual health. Right, and I love how Paul writes there about making, <clears throat> being made new in the attitude mm -hmm. of our minds. Yep. So, attitude about this. It's uh, like putting on our new self and it's looking at the posture of our heart. Uh, you know, it, there's always this thing of elevating scripture. It's not just about, um, it's just 
not it's not just about not having sex. It's about where's your heart? It's where's your heart? It's it's do we live with with purity of heart? And I know that that's going to trigger some of you when we say anything about purity because purity culture has been detrimental to many of us in the church world and it's been problematic because we've said if you don't do these things, then you are pure, when it actually is much, much more, um, there's a much deeper perspective here that we have to take than just not doing certain things. Right, because a pure heart looks like goodness and righteousness, honor, honesty, integrity, and self-control. Self-control. See, our pure hearts, they cannot engage in sexual immorality. The two cannot coexist. Um, we jump to 1 Corinthians 6. In verses 18 to 20, Paul says, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Now, I just want to say too, sex itself is not bad. Paul addressing what he's addressing here is sexual sin. So sex outside of marriage. Sex uh, within the context of marriage is right, it is beautiful, it is important, and it is an integral part of the marriage relationship. Um, I think it's, it's helpful if we go to uh, the book of Genesis for just a minute. The first three chapters of Genesis are all about creation, the creation of man and woman. Uh, many of us are familiar with that. We're not going to actually go there to the scriptures. But a quick overview is that, is that the scriptures would indicate or would tell us that in creation, God created man out of the dust of the earth. So we're just a bunch of dirt, right? So he created us out of the dirt. He breathed life into us. He gave us the, the, uh, the breath of life. And then at some point in creation, in the creation process, God looked at this scenario and realized, oh, Adam needs somebody. So he put Adam to sleep, took a rib out of his side, created Eve out of the rib. And then he says, now go and have dominion over the earth. Be who, you've, who I've called you to be in the world around us. And they walked in the garden they were placed in the Garden of Eden, and um, they were naked. They had no shame. They had a, a pure situation. Uh, they were secure in each other. There was vulnerability. There was transparency. There was authenticity. And most of all, there was trust in God, and there was trust in each other. So this is this picture of God's original yeah. design. So naked and eating fruit. I could... I would sign up for yep, that. Yep, yep, Make yeah, you it. would. <laughs> I don't know about the fruit part, but yeah, anyhow. Uh, so this was God's original design, and this is how we see Adam and Eve in the garden until they listened to the serpent. The serpent started whispering little lies, right, putting doubt in their minds about what God had said was truth, and uh, they listened, they acted in disobedience 
were selfish. Like they looked at this as, yeah, this is what I need. This is what I want. So they took of that fruit, um, entered into disobedience, pleasing self, and then they began hiding. So just like that first lie in the garden, I think that we also keep listening to lies. And I wonder, what are, what are a lot of those lies that, that we as a culture um, are, are hearing? I mean, we see it all around us. We hear it all around us, probably like the church in Corinthians, right? Um, sexual immorality is all around us, and it has become normal. Uh, so, so this is this is actually one that is, um, if you grew up in the, I don't know, uh, the oldest person here this morning might have grown up in the 50s or 40s. I don't know, but you know, wh whatever age you grew up in, everybody's doing it. Is the lie that we've heard over and over and over. Everybody's doing it. It's a myth, and it's not necessarily true. And if and even if it was. Uh, is that cause for us to capitulate to a lie that says everybody's doing it? Uh, this this uh, pushing up against this lie is not to deprive us, but it is to bless us to live uh, a larger, more fulfilled life. Uh, some of us, uh, within the context of everybody's doing it, said, well, I, I can't fight the urge anyway. I can't fight this feeling. It's unnatural to wait. And uh, for us, I would just say we are human, um, and yes, we are mammals, but we have self-control. We have self-control. That is on our side. It is a fruit of the Spirit, and so we raise the standard. We don't, we don't capitulate to the world around us, but we raise the standard, and God has a much grander, larger vision for us. Uh, the second lie that we might believe is it's just physical. It's just a physical experience. And by the way, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else, we're just two consenting adults, and so it shouldn't really matter at all, right? Well, wrong. It's only, that's only right if there's nothing more than a physical experience. But we all know there is more than just a physical experience. There is a deep spiritual impact when two people come together in the sex act. Some of us, uh, maybe here this morning, or we may be online this morning, and some of our deepest regrets have to do with this topic of premarital sex. We have experienced sex outside the bounds of the created order. And, and for the purposes that we're talking about today, like this, this spiritual connection that happens through sex can be in a consensual relationship, like two consenting adults, or it can happen in an abusive relationship. And we don't wanna go too far down that road of abuse, because uh, that's like, uh, that's a whole nother series. But sexual abuse especially wounds the whole person, like the, the body, soul, spirit. But through healing, we believe that what changes is, is the, the control that the pain has over you. So whatever the case, whether it is consensual sex, whether it is abuse, you get what they got. And there are bonds that happen. There are, fit, there are spiritual um, connections that happen, and uh, we need to get healing from that. Yeah, so as Brenda read earlier, Paul says, run from sexual sin. No other sin or, yeah, is so uh, uh, clearly uh, affecting our body, and our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
And so we don't just belong to ourselves. We belong to Jesus and uh, we belong to God. So we want to honor him with um, our whole body, mind, soul. Right. So again, just saying sex is not just physical. There's another little element I want to just give a nod to as well. Um, in some of the conversations we've been having over the past years, uh, one of the things that, that comes up is how some people have aligned with judgments against our bodies. So that may sound like, um, I'm not attractive. It may sound like no one would want me. It may sound like I can't perform or I'm just fill in the blank. There's this thing of shame. This shame may come from abuse. It may come from past sexual encounters that were, that you know were outside of what you believe to be the will of God. It may come from a skewed perspective of someone else. You may have spiritual ties from past sexual encounters. So take care of this. Like I can't say this enough. We want to step into healing because the psychological and spiritual effects of these things are gonna keep, are gonna keep you from this most amazing thing that you and your spouse should be experiencing together. Married sex is designed to be the, an amazing body, mind, and spirit experiment, experiment, experience. I botched that. Married sex is designed to be an amazing body, spirit, mind experience. Yes, you got it right. Ooh. The third lie that we kind of lean into sometimes, and this one, and... And let me just say that some of these lies um, may sound like it's targeting those of you that aren't married. Uh, not really. I mean, this, I wish, I wish it was just that, but it's not. It's, it is actually, these are lies that all of us at some point or another probably have believed or at least entertained. So the third one is try before you buy. So this whole idea of, well, there's only, um, like, how do I know if we're going to be compatible? It's like as if, if the shoe says, says size eight, does it really fit or do I need to try it on? Yes, I guess that would be a good way of putting it. Are we sexually compatible? Well, the truth is yes. Are you compatible in other ways? There's the question. You probably are sexually compatible with, I don't know, thousands, maybe millions of people. Right? So that's really not the issue. The issue is, do you have a foundation of trust? Do you have a foundation that says, oh, yes, we are more than chemistry. We actually have a relational uh, foundation that is um, healthy and whole, and we are actually uh, building a life together that, uh, that is not based on just the foundation of sexual compatibility yeah healthy relationships while sex is definitely becomes a part of that um we're saying as we've been saying in the series that healthy relationship is about becoming choosing healing it's about learning how to communicate have healthy conflict these are the things that are the foundation of a great marriage exactly <clears throat> so some truths so we just had three, what we believe are lies. So 
let's talk about three truths. What is the purpose for sex from a biblical perspective? The first one being procreation. Make babies. Like we've got that one down in spades around here. So we get that one. Procreation. Uh, in Genesis again, chapter one, or chapter one, verse 26, God says, Let's let us make man in our image. We are part of the creative process as we uh, bring children into the world. So procreation is a is a uh, a truth that we can embrace and that we can step into. Right. We get to to be um, to partner with God and become a part of this creative process of coming together as husband, wife, creating a new being. Yeah. Uh, the second one, the second truth, we believe it is for pleasure. So uh, if you read in Proverbs 5, it talks about sharing your love with only one wife. Uh, be captivated by her love. So this is... Um, Guys, like sometimes we have expectations about our wives and, um, and instead of investing in them in ways that will bring them joy, in ways that will uh, fill their, their, their uh, psychological needs, their emotional needs, we just go straight to the sex and we just think, well, you know, she fixes everything. Yeah, yeah, true. It fixes everything. That's what we sometimes think. And I hope you know I'm joking when I say that because it doesn't. It exacerbates the situation sometimes. It becomes very, um, it really, unless uh, our wives are uh, aligned with us and we with them, this does not help. It just makes things worse because then they feel like we're just using them instead of investing in them and loving them the ways in which they need to be loved. So uh, I would also say that we believe that the most pleasure comes from within the context of marriage. And I know the movies and Lord help us, the, the, the social media, like all of this portrays a very different picture of sex. And much of that is derived from porn. And so if you've, if you've had experience with porn, like your expectations are going to be based on what you've seen, not on what is true and right and good. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a really detrimental piece, especially for us guys again, uh, if we've, we've had exposure to that. And I would guess 90-some percent of us probably have. Uh, the third truth is protection. And uh, I just want to read this passage from 1 Corinthians 7, 5. It says, do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. Afterward, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self control. Uh, Paul gives this prescription for sex to be used as a form of protection. Um, I just had a revelation yesterday as I was uh, thinking about this, and I, I was here listening to a teaching, and um, this uh, actually came up. And um, the person giving the teaching said, you know what, we often skip over verse 6, which says, I say this as a concession not as a command. So Paul's saying to the Corinthians, and perhaps to us, you lack in self-control. 
And so I'm telling you, this is what ought to happen. Like one man, one woman engage with each other in sexual intercourse so that you have, so you don't, you know, go out and act, act a, fool. a fool elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Honestly, though, this is kind of baseline, right? God, again, calls us to more. It's not a command. It's a concession for your foolishness. That's essentially what Paul is saying here. Do better. Do better. So we're saying it, uh, married sex is, is protection from the attacks of the enemy. Um, I will just say to that, too, like if your sex life is off, there's probably likely a lot of other things that are way off. It's very likely your communication is off. There's maybe a lot more conflict. Uh, you may not like each other. And you may not trust much. each other very much. Probably not trust, probably not care. Um, not care can be one of those. And I think that's where we get into, uh, we talked about stonewalling and stuff uh, last week or the week before. There's just, if, if that, if sex life is off, it's generally gonna show up in a lot of other ways. And we have firsthand experience in this. I mean, you know, we're older than most of you and we have some life experience and um, we stepped into marriage with a certain amount of expectation about, I mean, some of the things that we talk about this morning already is because that's how we thought. It's not because we just think that you guys are stupid and are just (laughs) thinking like this. It's because we were there. Like, we know this. And now we're in our third decade of marriage and we're looking back and we're going, well, we've made some progress, but it is a lifelong process for us to be our best together. But we want you guys to get it quicker than we did. Yes, that's why we- We want to talk about things so that you can learn it earlier on in your marriages or even before marriages. Um, Yeah, so just in case you think that we just can't wait to stand up here and talk to you about this topic, it's not that. It's, it's because... No, I'm actually really hot and sweaty. <laughs> uh, it's because we believe there's a better way than the way that we've done it in the past. And the way that was taught to us. So yeah. longer ago, like in the, in the generation that we grew up in, there were a lot of things that weren't talked about. And um, I mean, back in the day, you know, miscarriages, infertility, um, menopause, like those things... I didn't even really know they existed. Like I knew my mom was having hot flashes and it lasted forever, but that's all I knew about it. So when it hit me, ah, uh, it kind of took me out. Kind of, it took me out. It took me out. So I'm gonna say what, four years ago-ish is when things started to go sideways for me. And I'm saying all this because I want you to just know about this. Like, we just want to put it out in the open. It's a thing. It is a thing. I wish you could see her notes. She took the word menopause and high, or like put a dash between the word men and then the word and the letter O and then the dash and pause. And what that means. Men, O, pause. I think that's what it means. 
pause, stop. Mm -mm. Um, it, it, it affected me in so many ways. If it's possible to have negative sex drive, that's what it was. I was so insanely tired. There were parts of this that reminded me of when we had kids. So some of y'all can relate to that. And while you'll get through that, just know it might come again. It'll look a little different. But be aware of it because there are things that we can do to help ourselves. But I remember thinking, oh my goodness, I gained a bunch of weight. I was tired all the time. I didn't want you to even look at me. And I just thought, is this how it ends? Am I going to be fat and tired the rest of my life? I can laugh about it now. In the moment, it was not so great. You didn't laugh much during I, those times. Oh, no, I didn't <laughs> laugh either. I was, yeah, I was a hot mess. But found this amazing thing called hormone replacement therapy. We got through that, and I'm like, wow. Like, hey, let's, let's go. And uh, I think, I can say this, I think. I'm going to say it. Sex was better than before. Yes, I okay. would agree. Yes. Yes. Putting him on the spot. And I'm really sorry if Cody's here. But um, uh, are you doing all right, buddy? Okay, all right. Just don't stay for second service. You don't want to hear this twice. Uh, anyhow, and then things are going well, right? We've, I've, I've come through that. I'm thinking, oh, thank God I... Don't have to be fat and sad and tired for the rest of my life. And then about, I don't know, do we say, was it almost three years ago? Two and a half two years. years ago? Two years ago. In May, it'll be two years. Okay. Um, that I, well, two and a half years ago, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And so um, if you know anything about prostate cancer, we thought that we were um, going um, to be permanently... Uh, sex so was going to be a permanent problem. Right, like um, mechanics were not going to work. Yeah, right. Mechanical issues. So, Get the popcorn. So the, Where's the, the popcorn? <laughs> Pass the popcorn, Steve. <laughs> Distract them. Do something. Modern science is, uh, is uh, really, really awesome. And um, the things that would have... Um, like taking us out. Um, fortunately, um, there are medic medical answers today that there weren't, that there weren't uh, in the past. And but but the whole point about this is that we thought it was over, and Again. the potential for that was over, right? right. And and for us then to um, to come through that and um, reconnect, I will tell you that when you see the death of sex in front of you. And I don't want to make it more than it is, but I, I, you have, it is the thing that is often kind of the glue that keeps a couple together. And to know that that may not be our reality anymore was, um, was very scary and um, difficult to comprehend. And um, it did, though, require us to think differently. Okay. Uh, we're going to get really old someday. 
And the expectation is, is that, well, at some point, uh, things really won't work. And so um, what are we going to do then? Married life is not just about sex. Like it is about, do I trust you? Do I love you? Will I give my life for you? Will I uh, step back and recognize that you have value way beyond any sort of uh, sexual performance? If we base our experience of life, our experience of relationship on this one element of our relationship, well, look around. The results are among us. And when we think that, well, our chemistry's off, well, our compatibility isn't what it used to be, I see you later. I'm going to try to find love elsewhere. We see it all around us, and we see it among us. And so what we always want to make sure couples know is that there, are, there is a better way, and that better way is um, with these five steps. We believe there, these, these are... Can I just say one more thing about that? Like, we talk about these, we laugh about these, but we want you to know that you don't have to settle. So when it came to menopause, when it came to prostate cancer and things that looked like they were going to take us out, just know there are options. We would love to talk to you about those things if, if, the, if you're looking at anything like that. Like, don't settle and don't take your sexual experience with your spouse for granted. Yeah, that was a big one for us. Five steps to better sex. Here they are. Communicate about everything, especially sex. Communicate, you guys. These are important things to talk about. Especially when, when there are maybe physical issues. I mean, we learned that we had to, we had to talk about feelings, how it was affecting us, how, um, how we felt. So it's super, super important. And put the relationship first. Get to know your spouse. Like really know them. And make that relationship priority over your children. Because you know what? When they grow up and they leave, you're all you've got left. And if you haven't put the relationship first and you haven't invested in that, you won't know the other person, possibly not even like. Super important to keep this relationship first. Number three, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Love yourself. And um, get the help you need. If you need, if you need spiritual help, get it. If you need um, physical help, get it. If you need emotional help, get it. If you need conversations around your relationship, about your relationship, then get it. Take care of yourself. Again, we've got lots of resources that we would love to share with you on that, but we can't say enough how important it is to get help. Also, uh, number four, be honest about your role in the problem. Again, authenticity and vulnerability are key in a healthy relationship. And it was one of the things that um, during Jean's recovery, we had, to, we had to talk through a lot of things that were well, that we were facing um, in that time. And it 
took a lot of vulnerability. And while that was really difficult, it was super helpful. And number five, perhaps the most important one, commit to fidelity. Commit to each other. Come what may, we're in this together. Because relationships ebb and flow. They're not always the same. They don't stay static. They, they ebb and they flow. But those of us that um, are truly committed to the welfare of the love and, and love of the other person are going to survive this. Right. But fidelity is the thing, like commit to it mm-hmm. and, and you'll make it. You right. really will. Right. But staying in love, staying in a relationship, in a marriage relationship is a choice. It really is a choice um, of, of staying in it. And again, there's caveats that we can talk about there with, you know, abuse and all of that. But if you are in a relationship and both of you are committed to Jesus and to each other, um, you make choices on the daily to, to love. And uh, we've got a video here that we want to share with you. Um, our friends, John, Mark, and Chloe have um, chosen to be authentic and vulnerable and share a little bit of their story. So take a look. We are John Mark and Chloe Ream, and we've been married for nearly seven years now. We have one sweet little boy who's a year and a half named Haynes, and yeah. Yeah, he's the best. Yes, he is. I think when we got married, we moved away from everybody. It was a great opportunity for us to learn how to depend on each other. But it was also difficult because she was in school and I was working nights as a nurse and we kind of didn't get as much quality time as we wanted to. And so when we moved back here, it was a great opportunity for us to invest in each other because it was more of a day job. She was she was starting her career and we could kind of just mold. I think at that point in our marriage, we were about three years in, two and a half years in, and we very much, like marriage was good, but it wasn't necessarily great because it was a big adjustment period when we were in Indy. And uh-huh. when we moved back here and started getting plugged in at church, we just realized how much we strongly desired to deepen our relationship, but like to do so with godly guidance because we didn't receive that um, in the first several years of our marriage. And that was just something we saw the importance of, we witnessed the importance of in others, and we didn't know necessarily what that looked like, but we didn't know how to do that on our own. I never once doubted our love for each other through the journey of becoming parents, but the challenges that parenting came with, we kind of lost sight of not only each other, but lost sight of remaining plugged into church, which we saw that like mirrored in our relationship. For sure. So uh, it took a lot of intentionality, I should say, to kind of flip our mindset and understand that we can be parents, but we can also be in a healthy relationship and a healthy marriage and also be plugged into church. Yeah, I mean, friends help that too, that challenge you and say, it's not a challenge to make you feel bad, but it's a challenge to say, hey, we're with you, like you're not alone. We did Marriage Matters with our coaches about three years into marriage. It was honestly the best answer to prayer to help us navigate things that were unexpected and kind of dive deeper into our relationship. 
um, and help us face things that we didn't necessarily get a chance to face prior to getting married. Um, looking back, we wish we would have had the opportunity, but Marriage Matters provided us with the opportunity after the fact, which was just what we needed. Sometimes that's what you need, right? Somebody to, you don't always want to share your, if you don't have dirty laundry, but you, you always don't want to share something that you're concerned with your wife or your husband in front of someone you don't trust. And this is the perfect opportunity, so. And honestly, it was, it was the reminder I needed to know that we weren't alone in what we were going through. To be told like, it's okay, what you're going through is normal. And it is okay not to be okay. But yeah, you need good coaches to do that to you and feel comfortable. So I think doing this will give you lifetime mentorship or friends or someone just to talk to. It's uh, the ability to sit down with coaches, certified facilitators for this process, and um, sitting down with coaches and having conversations that are real and helpful. And uh, we hope many more of you take advantage of this, and you can simply get more information by going to our website. So uh, would you stand with us as we close our time together this morning? Um, I, I want, as we stand, I just want to remind us that um, if we're going to do our part, in being the people that God has called us to be, of, of bringing the uh, up there kingdom down here, then it stands to reason that uh, all of our lives will be involved. Uh, we're not segmented. Uh, we as human beings, we are holistic. Everything matters. Even Everything sex. matters. Even, Even sex. sex. Especially. Maybe, maybe especially. Maybe especially maybe. sex. Yes. So if we, if we live with this awareness that everything matters, it's a holistic experience, this life on earth. Uh, if, we, um, if we live with this awareness, we'll remember that as we talked about it in the first week, that um, we have to have staying power, especially when it comes, uh, when it would be simply be easier just to walk away when things are difficult. But we're going to do the hard work of assuming the best and looking deep to discover that it really probably is, as we talked the second week, at least partially me. It really is. It's not just you. Uh, it's also me. And when we live with this reality that, like this, this reality that we can't just assume that um, there is no assembly required when two human beings come together and to create a family. There is assembly required for all of our relationships to work. And so this morning we understand and we lean into and we hope you'll join us in leaning into this awareness that uh, we can't do this alone, that it is together that we become all that God's called us to be and um, an awareness that we have a deep need for Jesus to continue to do his work in us and in our lives and in our families and in our church. Right. Our prayer team will be up front this morning to pray with you and as we go into this last song, I just want you to take inventory with me a little bit. Um, what do you need to reevaluate today? Uh, when it comes to sex, what is your mindset? What do you think about it? If you're single and having sex, I wonder if you'd reconsider the effects that it might be having on you and your partner. 
and being outside of, of God's protection. Those of you that are married, if you're not having sex often, why not? Why not? Do you need to look at becoming, choosing, healing, so that it can be all it's designed to be? Maybe you need to think about the lies that you're believing this morning. You might not even be aware of them. It may be um, talking to Jesus about um, what is in the way of having a healthy mindset. So what's your next move? I encourage you to come up and pray with our prayer team about this particular topic or anything at all. Uh, they would love to help you to, to speak Jesus into your situation and just encourage you in wherever you find yourselves this morning. Let's pray. God, we come to you this morning and we're grateful for the way you designed us and the way you designed marriage. And also just again, acknowledging the very difficult space that relationship can be. And for my friends within my hearing and in this space this morning that are having trouble in this area of sex, whether it's, whether it's abuse, whether it is physical illnesses, whatever the situation is that is putting distance between them and, and a healthy mindset about sex. God, we just bring that all to you and I ask for healing. God, I ask that you would reveal to them whatever it is that they need to know in this moment to be able to take a next step toward being that, that whole person and, and being more closely to to how you have designed them to be for that, um, that beautiful way that you have created us to be. God, we thank you for this time. We give you these next moments and we just wait on you. We wait to hear from you. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family. <laughs>